We were here before, strong and free. Our tales might be lost in the annals of time, but our spirits, they linger still. Hi, my name is Fred Pearl, and welcome to Beyond the Dice, a D&D Odyssey podcast. Ever sat at a gaming table, character sheet in hand, eager to dive into a new adventure? We've all been there. And we often create characters based on personal whims and fancies, leaving the dungeon master the Herculean task of weaving our motley crew into a cohesive plot. It's a common practice, but it often sets the stage for what I term the see evil, kill evil routine. The phrase see evil, kill evil routine in Dungeons and Dragons doesn't refer to a specific rule or mechanic in the official game. Rather, it's a colloquial way of describing a certain play style or mindset. In some games, players or characters might adopt a straightforward, black-and-white approach to morality. If something is perceived as evil, whether through a spell like detect evil or alignments or general behavior, the reaction is to try to kill or destroy it. This approach is seen in characters who are zealously committed to certain causes, like a paladin who is unwaveringly dedicated to eradicating evil. This mindset can lead to interesting character dynamics and storylines, but it can also lead to oversimplification of complex moral dilemmas. It's often a feature of new campaigns that aren't well-developed yet. My campaign in Season 1, for example, was pretty vanilla when it came to good and evil. When you play D&D, the DM usually sets it in a particular fantasy world. The most popular one sold by Wizards of the Coast is the Forgotten Realms. If I'm reminded, I'll tell you a lot about the history of that campaign setting, the Forgotten Realms, but that's a whole other story. The Forgotten Realms, though, is a very generalized fantasy world that's pretty much compatible with all of the concepts produced by Wizards of the Coast. Your other choice is to create your own world, one that's unique has its own flavor, and it may not be compatible with all 5e has to offer. Now that may sound a bit strange at first, but I hope to make sense of it for you. Let's suppose you wanted to set your campaign in Westeros. That's the Game of Thrones campaign world. It would be odd to have a tiefling bard show up at King's Landing. A bard? Maybe. A tiefling? I mean, you're the DM, you can allow whatever you want, but The player might get a lot more out of the game if they played a human from one of the great houses, for example. So that's kind of where the deep narrative approach begins. Let's get the characters into positions that make sense in the context of the world you've created. My campaign world is called the Nine Realms, named after the concept in Norse mythology that there are nine realms, often interpreted as nine worlds or nine roots of the world tree or something similar. You know of the Iser, but the tales you've heard? They're but whispers of a grander saga, of wars long past and gods long forgotten. As you might surmise, the Nine Realms is steeped in Norse mythology, but my campaign has a twist. It takes place 
after Ragnarok. A thousand years after Ragnarok. Thanks to Marvel, a lot of people have heard of Ragnarok, the so-called Twilight of the Gods. It's a prophecy in Norse religion that the gods, well, most of them, will meet their ends at this time. Ragnarok is a great war between the forces of law and order, led by Odin, and the forces of chaos, led by Loki. Loki is usually cast as an evil figure, because in the myths, Loki tricks his cousin into killing Odin's son, Baldr. Loki, the trickster, the orchestrator of Baldr's end. How can one not see the malevolence in his actions? Loki later leads these evil forces to kill Odin and the other gods, so Loki is not well-liked in the Pantheon. Now here's where it gets interesting. I created three factions of knights. The Black Knights, the Green Knights, and the White Knights. I set them up as the three types of paladins from the player's handbook. The White Knights looked at Odin as a good god, a father figure, a king, a leader, generally a benevolent figure. The Aesir gods were a beacon of righteousness. In their name, we, the White Knights, will uphold justice and goodness. The Green Knights were nature-oriented, and I had them be followers of Frey and Freya. In the Vanir gods Frey and Freya, we find solace. We, the Green Knights, represent nature's rhythm and the balance it holds in our faith. The Black Knights, like the White Knights, followed Odin, but they had a much darker interpretation. Strength, conquest, dominance. That's the true essence of the Aesir. We, the Black Knights, recognize their warlike nature and pledge to expand their legacy. They saw Odin as a mighty war god of conquest. I framed them as evil, or at least very chaotic. Finally, I created the Valkyrie. These famed shield maidens were holders of the traditions and lore of the Nine Realms. The past holds lessons, power, and truth. We do not judge. We only protect. Foreign history lies the key to understanding our present. With these four factions and a concept for a world, I was ready to begin. This was the first time I had done it, and I didn't do it as well as I could have. Only one player played a member of a faction. The others created more general characters that weren't anchored in the world's rich campaign lore that I was developing. When season one was over, that player, who had created a Valkyrie, felt like the world had been created just for her. It was really at that moment that the deep narrative approach was born. So let's review. With the deep narrative approach, you begin with a campaign world. Any campaign world will do, but develop its lore and history and get your characters involved. All I did in Season 1 was create a few factions that helped make the world more believable to the players. When it was all over, I had learned that players who leaned into the world's story narrative had the most fun. In subsequent seasons, I would need to expand the number of factions which are really just social institutions like churches, knightly orders, guilds, schools of magic, and so on. Once you develop those organizations, it's a straight path to getting characters directly into the narrative. The next time we meet, I'll start introducing Season 4. Season 4 represents a new beginning for my campaign. 
I've taken lessons learned from season one through three, and I'm putting them to work from the very beginning with first level characters. I'm introducing a new storyline that could take the campaign to its logical conclusion, though it may take a few more seasons. Tune in next time to see how I've evolved the deep narrative approach to make the game special for each and every player. Welcome to the podcast. This is Fred Pearl for Beyond the Dice, a D&D Odyssey. Farewell for now, friends. May your adventures never end and your triumphs be legendary. <laughs>